Hey there, future friends! This week we have another double episode week because right now I'm about to give you a list of films to watch on St. Patrick's Day that aren't Leprechaun. It's St. Patrick's Day week 2022 and you are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show that's right i am here with a short list episode i know that's usually chris and critters thing over at somewhat nerdy radio but you know what i get to do it too and why not do something a little more obscure as a movie holiday than saint patrick's day i have a few cinephile friends and when i did bring this up to them that i was doing a list they Almost all of them, all except one, said, please, God, don't put the leprechaun on it. And don't worry, I won't. I am here today with five total films that are available to stream. Unfortunately, you do have to rent them, but seeing as it's a holiday, you may be able to spare the expense of a couple bucks. So all of these films are movies from Ireland. They're not necessarily about St. Patrick's Day. I don't think I have a single film about St. Patrick's Day on this list. But they are films from Ireland, and what better time to show love and support for Irish filmmakers than one of the holidays from other countries that America has taken as an excuse to drink. So let's start this list with an older movie from 1996 called Waking Ned Divine. When a lottery winner dies of shock, his fellow townsfolk attempt to claim the money. This stars Ian Bannon from The Flight of the Phoenix. David Kelly from the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remake, Finalua Flanagan from Four Brothers, Susan Lynch from From Hell, and James Nesbitt from The Hobbit. This is available to rent on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, and Vudu, and may even be available on Roku if you have it, I don't know. And if it does, remember, Roku has ads, I believe? But this film was one of the first dark comedies I had ever seen. In fact, it came out the year of the earliest truly dark comedy I can remember, which was Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick in The Cable Guy. That came out in 1996. So did this. I saw The Cable Guy in theaters. This, uh, I loved movies as a kid, but this one I waited for a bit. I I didn't see it right away. I didn't see it till it came out on video. And even then, it's been a while. I still own it, but it's been a long, long time since I've seen this. But I remember really liking it. We have this old guy named Ned Devine who wins the national lottery and dies, like right away dies. He sees he's won, yay, passes away. And the townsfolk in this tiny little town, they're like, well, you know what? No one knows what he looks like. We're we're this small little village. We can pretend to be him. He wins the money and then he dies. So they get one of the townspeople, uh, one of the older townspeople who is about Ned Devine's age and pretends to be him when someone from the lottery comes. And it's this is one of those comedies that don't really make you laugh. It's not a laugh out loud comedy. It's a comedy in the sense that it's a little too tongue in cheek or a little too silly at times to be a drama. 
a little more serious, a little more darker, but not a super serious movie. That's what you expect from this. This is well acted, and I think this is a classic that people sleep on. So Waking the Divine is the first movie on this list, and it's going to be followed up by another movie from 1996 called Michael Collins. Neil Jordan's historical biopic of Irish revolutionary Michael Collins, the man who led a guerrilla war against the UK, helped negotiate the creation of the Free Irish State, and led the National Army during the Irish Civil War. This stars Liam Neeson from Taken, Aidan Quinn from Practical Magic, Julia Roberts from Mystic Pizza, Ian Hart from the first Harry Potter, and Alan Rickman from Galaxy Quest. So I'm not well-versed in Irish history. I know just a little, like a little, little, little. Like I would still fail even an elementary school history class in Ireland. That, that's how bad it is. But remember, I live in America, and in America, you don't learn about other countries' histories unless it somehow directly affected America. But if you remember in the 90s, uh, late 80s, early 90s, we saw a lot of movies where the IRA were the bad guys. Well, this predates the IRA. It was one of the Harrison Ford Jack Ryan movies, wasn't it, where the IRA was the bad guy? Yeah, it was a clear present danger because Sean Bean was the, the main villain and they, they had that final battle on the boat. Don't watch that for uh, St. Patrick's Day. Not a, not a great Irish representation there. But the Irish independence struggle really is something that nowadays we just overlook. Because, yay, we have, we have Ireland and then we have the United Kingdom. And, you know, Northern Ireland is a little part of that, which is a little weird, but we don't talk about that. If you want a roundabout way of explaining this film, it's kind of like Scotland's more modern answer to Braveheart. Because Braveheart took place way back in the 1300s, while Michael Collins, in his time, he was born 19, no, he's born 1890 or something like that. And don't be too impressed. I had looked this up yesterday. I'm trying to pull from my memory. And so a lot of his struggle took place in the early 1900s. So that's a big time gap. But it is a similar story in the war for independence against Britain. And now is when I ask myself, is there a Welsh version of this story? Because I think wasn't Robert the Bruce, who is somehow tied to, tied to the guy from Braveheart, wasn't he Welsh? Or I, I don't know. But we have these two movies that are similar in the sense that it's about the fight for freedom from the British. And it just so happens that this one is Irish, a great movie to watch on St. Patrick's Day, because it also gives us one of Liam Neeson's best performances. Liam Neeson is a true, true legend. And he seems to be getting comfortable these days doing these movies that are just different versions of Taken. And that's fine. He's f***ing earned it. Do you remember the movie Darkman? He was Darkman. He was in Schindler's List, Rob Roy, the original movie adaptation of Les Miserables, which was a, a terrible adaptation, but a good movie. Those are some good movies, and this is one of them. It's going to be one of those movies that pisses you off because a country shouldn't have to fight for their independence. I mean, as Americans, that should be hardwired into our DNA. So Michael Collins, not exactly a lighthearted movie, but a good movie, a solid film that should be on everyone's list as a movie they've at least watched once. If you've never seen it, now's the perfect time. It is available to rent on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, and Vudu.
My friends, we have three movies left, and we have a movie from 2007. I'm actually going in chronological order unintentionally here. So from 2007, we have a musical, but not in the classic sense, not like Newsies, Rent, Phantom. It's a movie that has a lot of music in it. It's called Once from 2007, a modern day musical about a busker and an immigrant and their eventful week in Dublin as they write, rehearse, and record songs that tell their love story. This stars no one of note. So Once is one of my wife's favorite movies, and little did I know, I mean, she told me, but then I forgot because I'm me, but one of the songs on one of our shared playlists we listen to a lot is the main song from this movie. And I honestly had no idea what to expect going into this film, and that doesn't happen to me a lot because I kind of do this a lot, watch trailers and kind of know what I'm getting myself into. I'm not always right but I can at least get myself an idea. But what I didn't expect was a super indie musical drama. And I know in the IMDb provided synopsis, it says their love story, but that's not really true. It is their story, but it's about their various individual stories. Cause this really is about how two people come together. If you want to talk about movies, that feel like they had a super small budget. This is it. It had an estimated budget of $150,000, $1,000. Avengers Endgame had an estimated production budget of $400 million, $400 million, and once only got $150,000, and they made a great film. Now, don't let me fool you into thinking I'm one of those people with, oh, you don't need money to make a great film. It depends. Movies like Avengers Endgame really need that big inflated budget. They do, because they are the kind of movies we expect that shit from. But we have something like Once that is a beautifully done film, super well done, done on a super small budget. I know, right? Because to you and me, $150,000 would be a shit ton of money. But for a movie, that's really, really low. The Blair Witch Project had a $300,000 budget double that. But also Once does a great job of hiding that fact because they are telling a story that doesn't require a lot to tell. It's just really two people. There are other characters. There's a main guy's dad, the main woman's mom, and other musicians they find and talk to. But a lot of the people in the movie are just real people. Like Every once in a while, if you're watching this film and you see some of the street scenes they're doing, you'll see someone look directly at the camera because they're just standing there in the middle of the street filming this movie. Thankfully, it didn't happen a lot, but there are a few times where you can tell people are just watching, thinking, what is going on? And I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure that some of the other musicians you see in the movie are just real musicians that were hired to do this. There's a scene in the film where they go and they have this artist's dinner, kind of, and they, they're all sitting around a table, they're eating, they're playing music and singing and stuff, and I bet you those are just all random-ass people. The two main people in this movie, uh, I didn't tell you their names, uh, I'll just say it now, they are Glenn Hansard and Marketa Irglova. They're musicians too, and they work mainly in the music department of movies. They don't do a lot of acting. Their IMDb's are very sparse. That's the kind of movie we have here, and what is brilliant to me is that they do a 
good job. These two actors, who aren't even professional actors, were the heart and soul of this movie. Their character names? Guy and girl. That's it. This movie was so well done. It was beautifully shot for the budget they had and for the fact that they were just filming out there, not even on a closed set or in a closed area of town, out there filming with real people, finding real people to play these roles and writing good music too. This is a movie everyone needs to watch because it is so well done. And I think Once is a perfect example of how great an indie movie can be. Because when we think of indie movies these days, we think of something that is in its own way kind of mainstream, where we have A24 and Gravitas Ventures and these other companies putting out these movies that we know are going to get recognition from people. This is a movie that came out of nowhere. This was written and directed by John Carney, who wrote and directed the next movie we're going to talk about and the final one on this list. Because I bet you anything, you will find more people that know about the next movie. But you, my friends, should watch this. If you watch it for St. Patrick's Day, that's great. Do it. It's fun. If you don't, watch it some other time. Because Once is worth watching. Once is worth owning. It is a well-done film. It is very impressive. And a true love letter to what can be done when you have the passion. Well, my future friends, we have one movie left. Yes, this is a short episode. There are more Irish movies out there. I didn't want to do all of them because maybe there'll be enough for me to do an episode next year. We'll see. But the final movie we're going to talk about is from 2016, written and directed by the same guy. And this is called Sing Street. A boy growing up in Dublin during the 1980s escapes his strained family life by starting a band to impress the mysterious girl he likes. This stars Ferdia Welsh Pilo from Vikings, Lucy Boynton from Bohemian Rhapsody, Jack Rayner from Free Fire, Aidan Gillen from Game of Thrones, and Maria Doyle Kennedy from The Tudors. Also, Jack Rayner, it just dawned on me, you might know him from Midsummer. He was the a-hole boyfriend in that. So Sing Street was a movie that had been on my radar for a while, but I only just recently saw. But it had this wonderful 80s feel to it without feeling like it was pandering. You know, like those films that try and shove stuff in your face to let you know, hey, we're in the 80s right now. Don't forget we're in the 80s. This movie didn't do that, but it felt like it. The ambiance of the movie reminded you it was the 80s and not just the music, not just the clothes, but it was a feeling. So it's about this kid, this hopeless nerd named Connor, and he starts going to this new school because... I can't remember if his parents can't afford the old one anymore or if he got kicked out. But either way, he moves to this new school. He's obviously the new kid and he's kind of a loser. And on his first day, he sees this beautiful girl standing on the street outside of the school. And he's talking to the only friend he has, this other nerdy little kid. And he's like, hey, who's that? And he's like, oh, she's this model or something. She always hangs out there. She's just waiting to be picked up by someone. Uh, She never talks to anyone, though, and this guy just gets his balls, huge, gigantic cojones, walks across the street and starts talking to her, and she actually starts talking back. And he lies and says that he's in a band. And so what he does then is now, hey, he's told this beautiful girl that he's in a band, 
he has to go inform one. So he does. He, he talks to his new friend at school, and they go around finding other people to form a band with. He gets inspiration from his brother, who's really into the 80s music scene. But it becomes more than just a boy trying to impress a girl. It's so much more than that. And I think that's why Sing Street stands out as a good and important film to watch. Because it's more about this kid finding himself. Like, yes, love is the goal. He sees this beautiful woman. He wants to date her. Basic story. But he has to find himself, too. And he starts to get passionate about music. And it's a slow start because at first he's just like, Echoing whatever his brother says, like his brother says, hey, Duran Duran's cool, and they do a song that kind of sounds like Duran Duran. His brother says, oh, hey, The Cure is cool. They kind of do a song that sounds like The Cure. But then as he develops the music, it becomes important to him, and his group becomes important to him. And it's really cute because she's this wannabe model. She's obviously a kid, too, obviously still in high school, but they film these like little music videos and it feels very pandering of me to say, oh, little music videos, how cute of you. But it is it is kind of cute. With nothing but a handheld camera and their instruments, they film these videos. And it really turns from, hey, I want to impress this girl. And so I'm going to get these guys together and we're going to form a band into, we love doing this. We can do this. We have a passion. So this is a true coming-of-age story. A lot of movies are called coming-of-age stories just if it involves kids learning some lesson. But this is a good coming-of-age story for both Connor and Rafina. But one of my favorite characters in the movie is this kid, Eamon. And he's like some sort of musical genius. Any instrument he can pick up and play, he, he helps Connor write the music. And it's mainly due to Eamon that anything comes of this. The group, they're so, they're so fun. They're so enjoyable. I love watching them perform. In fact, if the movie had just dropped the love story part of it and just went into them making music for the whole movie, I would have been perfectly fine with that. Sing Street is a delightful film. Sing Street has heart. And if you were ever a teenager, which I hope all of you were, you will relate at least a little to this. Unlike Once, Sing Street actually had a budget. And you can tell when comparing the two, but you can tell in all the right ways. The movie's just cleaner, and it doesn't have that gorilla recording feeling to it, which added charm to Once. So I don't want to take away from Once at all. It was a wonderful film, but it is very interesting watching the difference between $150,000 and $4 million. But still, $4 million is not a big budget. And this guy, what was his name again? John Carney, can do a lot with that. Once was a beautifully done movie. It was captivating with so little. Sing Street is a beautiful coming-of-age tale and a love song to music. 80s music, but music in general as well. Sing Street is funny. It is emotional. It is a good time. You could pick any movie on this list to watch, and it would be a good one. But I highly, highly suggest Sing Street or Once. And Sing Street can be watched on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Voodoo, or you can also borrow it on Canopy. Canopy, if you don't remember, is the streaming service for people with library cards. It's a very wonderful service, because if you have a library card, which is free, you can get Canopy. 
They do limit how many streams you get a month, but that's fine. I mean, come on, it's free. My future friends, I hope you found something to watch this year. Even if you don't watch it during St. Patrick's Day, I hope you found some piece of Irish cinema to enjoy. And this makes me actually want to do a series of just picking other countries. As a lot of you know, I'm half Japanese. Maybe I'll do Japan next. Or maybe I'll just switch it up, pick somewhere in the Middle East, pick somewhere in Africa, pick Australia. But you know what? If you want a list from a certain country, let me know. Reach out. I am always willing to hear from a listener. I would love to hear from you. Just let me know, especially if you watch one of these movies. Let me know what you watched and what you thought of it. But my future friends, happy St. Patrick's Day. Don't forget to like or follow the podcast wherever you are. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I would love five stars, please. You didn't hear any ads in this episode, but normally we have an ad from our good friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast, the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa. Check out all of them on Spotify or any podcast app. Hit me up on any of the social medias, Twitter at FutureFlixPod, Instagram at BilliamSWN, follow me on Letterboxd at BilliamSWN. I don't make TikToks, but I'm on TikTok at BilliamSWN, so you can always message me there. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. But my friends, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. This is Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>